Watch the update required podcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST on YouTube. And we're live. What's up? I'm the Fornitron. And I'm Jay Retro. And you're watching the update required podcast. (laughs) Dude, how you doing today? Nailed it this week. Uh, Good, man. Doing pretty good. Um, I'm, you know, I cut myself shaving and it just, it made me feel a little Bitch. bit like I'm, yeah, it made me feel like I'm 12, you know, it did. I was like, I, I need to phone my dad up and admit it to him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, um, I still cut myself shaving. No, I know I'm in my thirties. Yeah. The, no. He's just like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to stop by uh, the government office and get some paperwork. <laughs> so I'm no longer your son or your dad. He's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to need those Christmas gifts back. <laughs> I'm going to need uh, Christmas gifts back, probably your birthday gifts in the last three years, yeah. and um, just smash your bicycle. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, I, I haven't had a bike in fucking 15 years, Dad. I don't give a shit. Go buy a bike and then smash it. You're a bitch and you cut yourself shaving like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all jokes aside, I'm doing really good, man. How are you doing? Doing all right, bro. So how was your week? Did you play anything new or you got anything you want to uh, plug this week? You know, I just dropped a brand new video this morning. So I got I got to plug that on the uh, the new Sega Astro City Mini V vertical screen edition and the Taito uh, Egret 2 Mini. Two new miniature Japanese uh, arcade mini cabinets that are coming out. Uh, the Taito's coming in March and then September for the Astro City. So I was a big fan of the original Astro City Mini as well as uh, the Neo Geo Mini. People gave that one a lot of shit and I actually think it's pretty fun. So I like these mini arcade cabinets. I'm looking forward to it. Go check that video out if you still are excited about mini consoles and stuff like I am. And uh, yeah, man, playing tons of Fortnite. We've been getting wins, still. man. Wins. Like yeah. We got like back-to-back wins Fortnite the hard. other night, man. Yeah, we got back-to-backers the other night, which I, I don't know if that's the only time I've ever won back-to-back wins. It might be. It was definitely the first time this season. Um, so that was really exciting. We've been getting like two or three wins a night, just going hard in uh, trios and squads and Fortnite. So that's the main thing I've been playing lately. NHL, always always dropping into some NHL. And uh, yeah, I've been dabbling a little more in Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> my, my impressions are quite positive post all of these patches and everything i know the game was in a garbage state at launch uh and i definitely feel for the for the people that bought it back then but it's in a really nice state right now and if you have hardware that can handle it you know if you have a series x or a ps5 uh or if you're rocking a decent gaming pc then i would actually advise people to check that game out give it a second try what do you what are you playing this week bro okay so I know this is like not a big shocker, but this past week I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls 2. Uh, the only reason why is because uh, I made a video on that recently uh, as part of my uh, hype for Elden Ring coming out. I've made a series called The Road to Elden Ring. And I just want to take a second here to give a shout out to No Sleep, uh, who is someone we know on Twitter. He is in the chat live with us. Yo, what's up? How the hell are you? I he is also a big Souls fan and he also loves Cyberpunk, but he's playing it on a like fucking specked out rig machine and it looks amazing. But excellent. Uh, but yeah, so I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls 2, which is notoriously known as being like the black sheep of all the Souls games. It's like I call it like the Mario 2 of the Souls games. It's like 
It's so much different. It's the only game on like a different game engine. And there was just so much weird, gnarly shit. Uh, but I just wanted, like, I had to do the whole series. So I've been playing a lot of that to spruce up my skills in that game. Uh, you know what's funny? As, like, a side, I, wa- I also played more Hellblade. Because I was just like, fuck this game. <laughs> and I was like, I can't, like, not beat this bitch game. So uh, I, like, went through it. And it's annoying, but hey, I guess they're winning because like I'm still playing the stupid thing. And I don't know, like, okay, I gotta take that back because I don't want to upset the people that like that game. Um, I think it's it's too late for that. Okay, <laughs> they're upset. I just I want you to know it's okay that you like that game. Okay, nothing wrong with that. If you like the game, great. I don't like it because for me, there's not enough action. There's not enough going on. It's a lot of like. You, you have the freedom to walk around, but there's nothing for you to walk around. Like, there's no point in you walking around. Like there's a set path that you have to go on. And if you go outside of that, like there's nothing but like walls that you walk into. Like there's, like, there's nothing for you. There's nothing encouraging you to explore more. And the controls are just like so slow. Like you walk really slow. And even when you're holding down the run button, you run kind of slow. You turn really slow. And like... The whole game is solving puzzles. So it's like this door is locked. And then you got to like align all of these like figures that you see in the sky. And you got to like walk through certain doorways in a specific way. And then you use this button to like focus on what you're looking at. And then there's only some things that you interact with. And then every now and then they'll throw in this little bit of action where like you fight, you're in a battle, but it's this same kind of modeled character that you're fighting. They just like reskin it. It's the same thing every time. And like, it's mainly you just mash one button to attack and then you can block. And that's the whole game. That's literally the whole game. Like you can't run off edges. You can't even kill yourself. I don't like, it just, it makes you can't even kill yourself. Dude, you can't even be like, wouldn't it be funny to run off this edge? Cause you can't cause the game fucking babies you. And it's just like, I feel like you just wanted to make a movie and you didn't you couldn't get the money to make a movie or no studio wanted to back you so you made this video game that's just telling this fucking story that you worked really hard on and you threw in some lackluster gameplay that's how yeah. i personally feel that's my personal opinion you don't have to share my opinion but if you like that game i'm happy for you but i've shockingly i played more of it yeah fair <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked you played any more of it as well like i don't i don't know i can't say i'm happy for you i uh <laughs> I'm, I'm still proud to see you trying new things I'm stepping out of your box right right so that's that's how i felt too but yeah it's a moment it's, of growth it's been a good week uh like i think a lot of people are like amped up for some of the big hitters that are coming out in february is there any are any of those games like do they tickle your pickle so I'm talking like I know Elden Ring does it, but I'm talking like, uh, did you play Horizon Zero Dawn on your PS4? I did not. I did not. No, Horizon doesn't matter to me. Yeah. The trailer looked great. Like yeah. I, I don't want to sound like a dick. Like it's just it's not something I played, so it's not something I'm sitting around super hype about. But like the trailer looked amazing, and I'm sure I want to go back and play the original. I'll probably play through it on PC because I hear the PC version is great. So yeah, like. I played it, and I, again, like, I, who, look who it's coming from, right? Like, I hate most games. 
Like I, I, I've come from a world of like, I used to like only six games in the entire world to now I'm kind of branching out. So don't be surprised when I'm like, I don't like this game, but um, no, I played it. And then you start off like you play Alloy, which is uh, like the main character and you play her as a child and for no reason. And I'm, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Are we Ocarina of Time? Do we get the Master Sword? And do we fucking switch back and forth in time? And it's like, no, you don't. That was just a stupid little part that they put in for the story. It's like, just add that to your first cinematic, bitch. Like, I don't need that. I don't need that stupid little part. But uh, No Sleep uh, mentions in the chat, Dying Light 2 is going to slap. I've never played the first Dying Light. so I, don't I didn't know. either. Uh, once again, trailer looks good. <laughs> so I really like zombies, but yeah, it's just not a game I ever played through. Yeah. Are there any games that are coming out in the near future that you're looking forward to? Um, God, I'd have to I'd have to go look up like release dates for titles again. Honestly, like it's been a while since I thought about it because I just have so many games on the go right now that I kind of feel like I'm drowning in things that I'm playing already. Like, I'm really excited about these upcoming minis. Like, I'm going to buy that freaking Taito probably for March and, you know, get into that, play a bunch of retro stuff. Um, but yeah, as far as new releases, everything, I feel like most of the things that I'm excited that are being worked on are really far off. Like I am excited to see what the heck the new elder scrolls turns into. Mm -hmm. I'm excited that grand theft auto six is apparently, you know, mostly confirmed to be an actual thing that'll happen now. Uh, so there's definitely games that I'm looking forward to, but as far as like big titles this year, I don't know. I was looking forward to the new stalker, uh, new stalker looked pretty cool. And what was that other one you mentioned before? for for series x is like scorn or scourge or something scorn yeah that one i looked, looked up a trailer that looked pretty cool yeah i could get into that like the gameplay and you can tell it's so early for that game but like the vibe alone i'm like okay i'm down i'm down to give you a try like if you suck you suck whatever but i'm gonna give you a try but you know anytime... what else I feel just that way about is uh what i would say i'm looking forward to kind of i don't want to say i'm looking forward to it but what I'm interested interested forward for is uh, WWE 2K22 because they 2K20 for those that don't know was such I'm an abominable piece of fucking yeti shit like just a frozen puck of shit. Give it to the and lightly, it was, man. <laughs> it was the no, like they know they fucking know because it was so bad that they didn't make 2K21. Like they yeah. skipped an entire year because of how bad 2K20 was. So we're going to get into later uh, discussing Call of Duty yeah. and some rumors surrounding Call of Duty's release schedule. Um, and they might be taking a page out of 2K's book here, which is like, yeah, maybe maybe when things suck, you take a year off and you figure out what the <laughs> fuck you're doing. But we'll get into that a little more later. So 2K22, you know, this is pitched to be the solution now that they have a whole new gameplay engine everything's different and so yeah i'm going into that one being like you know it's 2k so who fucking knows like they put out yeah. a fantastic nba this year uh and so they've put out some really solid games over time but they've also put out some really terrible ones and yeah two, <laughs> two, 2k20 was like it's unexcusable like it's it it's worse than cyberpunk we all it was had a just fucking the buggiest that thing day. that's why it sucks <laughs> <clears throat> it was awful and like to, to their credit similar to the cyberpunk scenario they yeah. did patch the living shit out of it over time like i bought it really late in its life cycle and mm -hmm. i remember playing it and being like 
it was fine. Uh, but when it came out, like I've watched videos of the state the game was in when it released and like, it's fucked. Like wrestlers are like turning upside down and their head is inside of the ring and <laughs> like fucking just teleport across the arena and then their arm flies off. Just weird shit. Uh, it was, yeah, it was beyond broken. That's so funny. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. 2K22. I'm going to give it a try. Am I going to buy it when it's 80 or $90? I don't know. I'm definitely going to at least wait for some reviews of the game first and, and uh, you know, see what the crowd reaction is online and whatnot before investing. But as you know, I'm a wrestling guy. I love wrestling. So, you know, I really want it to be good because yeah. uh, even though I, I've been really pissed at WWE lately and I haven't been watching their product, I've mainly been watching AEW, but the AEW game is still a while off. We have no other wrestling game, big wrestling game to play right now, unless you're still playing Fire Pro, which like if you are, that's awesome. Fire Pro is great. Uh, but yeah, I would just love a modern 3D wrestling game that doesn't suck ass. So hopefully this one uh, delivers that. What makes me like think a little bit is just like your situation with gaming. And that must be nice because because when you are a player like yourself that ha that plays so many games at once, like you probably always kind of have this backlog. So you're never really feeling like you're having to wait till that next game. Whereas when you're like a punk bitch like me who plays six games and that's it. Uh, like when you're done <laughs> the fucking game, you're like, all right two years until the next yeah. one like 100 no i have yeah so many games on the go right now alone yeah. right not to mention games on the backlog of just like games that i could reinstall or that i own and i never finished and like it gets obnoxious right and yeah. then you own you own every platform basically right you're on xbox sony nintendo and, and pc and it just get, it gets out of hand uh no sleep was saying back to dying light that it was uh really fantastic uh parkour gameplay i do remember seeing some videos of that and the gameplay did look innovative in that regard for sure he says it's the best zombie slasher ever oh so maybe i will have to give dying that light does, 2 that does sound like something <clears throat> that we should play is dying light 2 coming to game pass is a great question because if it is there would be a great way for me to try it out without you know spending money on it but <laughs> <laughs> we'll or, see hey. but i i'd like to give it a try for sure. And uh, he says that the original Dying Light's getting next-gen support soon. So, yeah, that's 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 awesome to hear. I always like Sick that, man. like, when games will put out the update to, like, make their previous-gen titles, like, 60 frames. Like, just small things to make it, like, that much better on, like, your PS5 or Xbox Series console. Uh, I liked it. That was one of my favorite features of like just like having a PS5 is that it plays all the previous gen games. And I'm sure you felt the same way with your Xbox Series X. And then a lot of the games, because with like that mid generation, so the Xbox One X and then like the PS4 Pro, they like unlock their frame rates for those versions. And then yes. naturally, when you play on your next gen console, they're just maxed out at 60 frames per second already. So I yep. like. That was one of my favorite things is just like playing a game that you used to play at 30 frames per second and you were like perfectly fine with. And then you play it at 60 and you're like, what was I doing before? And you're like, that's, sure. what, that's what all these PC Master Race people are fucking talking about. Yeah, like I remember playing through NBA last year. And I had 2K21, but it was the one they put on Game Pass and it was technically the Xbox One version. But yeah, you're playing the Xbox, you know, One X enhanced version mm. and then you're playing it on the Series X. Um, and this year I did buy 
you know, the actual next gen version built from the ground up for the new consoles. And it's yeah. brilliant. Like I do definitely notice a difference. But I remember that that first year playing through, you know, technically the last gen version of 2K and being like, this looks so good. Like it yeah. looks so much better than it would have looked on my 1S. Um, and it was so smooth. So for sure, I love seeing that. What's our uh, what's our first, uh, you know, appetizer here? What are let's, we biting into? Let's get into this first news topic. And it's one that kind of went around. And I was tempted to make a video about this, but I didn't. Um, so... <laughs> this is so stupid to read out, but Dark Souls series PvP servers are down on PC following the discovery of a serious exploit. So this has since been resolved, but essentially what happened for all of the Dark Souls games on their PvP servers, so when you're player versus player and you're doing co-op online, uh, there was an exploit in the game through Steam where someone on the other end could maliciously, like, delete folders or delete files off your computer steal data mm. from your computer um just a breach pretty much um so another reason not Big to one. play souls games on pc <laughs> other than the, the fucking hackers in the pvp arenas but like to be truthfully honest uh fromsoft doesn't like they patch the games for like the first year maybe and yep. then they do like major things after that but like I don't know, like this happens to even like the biggest companies and like they they took care of it right away. They shut the servers down and yep. then they were just like, we got to get this solved. But it's just funny, like how anything like this, people are so quick to be like huge exploit found in fucking Bandai Namco Dark Souls. Well, to be fair, it was a huge exploit, right? Like, like when I think of exploits or hacking in video games, I think of like, you know, like wall hacks in first person shooters and stuff. Like I think of cheaters, right? I don't yeah. think of people coming and like sniping your credit card number. <laughs> so to me, like, yeah, that is a serious exploit. I think yeah. that's fair wording. Um, but I'll definitely agree with your first statement that I think, you know, they handled it really well. Mm -hmm. And I do think that this stuff can happen to any company in the modern day and age. I don't think it says anything negative about them or their platform. You know, like Google has had security breaches. Like it's just, it is what it is, man. Um, it's unfortunate. Unfortunately, that's just the world we live in. Things like that will continue to happen. And uh, all we can hope is that, yeah, companies do the right thing in, in trying to protect the con consumers as fastly and as efficiently as they can. Yeah. And uh, for a smaller company, I think they did a good job of that here for sure. Totally. And I like what No Sleep says, like fucking remote access your computer and make it crypto mine for you. Like, <laughs> like yeah. Hey, that's. Yeah, I read that too. Like that. I was, I was once again, right? Like, that's not what I think of when I think of someone hacking a video game. Yeah. I'm like, oh, serious exploit. Like, what is it? Like, they can just fucking like run through walls in Fortnite. No, they <laughs> fucking are going to. loop? Like... <laughs> no, yeah, no, they're actually crypto mining on your computer right now <laughs> while you're just trying to fap to Pornhub and yeah. you don't even know that you're sending money to saudi arabia you're like why other is this than video your buffering so slow shit right oh my god just let me see tits yeah damn <gasps> you comcast <laughs> mom when are we gonna upgrade this wi-fi yeah what the fuck i thought we had t1 <laughs> right this is bullshit is that even a thing anymore i don't think they're called t1 lines anymore yeah do we have five yeah it's all fiber optic now mom you said you had five yeah what this the is fuck? bullshit i can't even yeah. get tits on this <laughs> I agree. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not like a spokesperson for FromSoft, so like it was a huge exploit. 
but I will. Yeah, they they handled it as best as you could. Like, there's no you couldn't yeah. have handled yeah. it any better. Like, maybe if they they were like anyone who plays our games on Steam, you get five dollars. <clears throat> that would have been yeah. Like, yeah, no, and they were like, <laughs> um, so unfortunately, our servers have been hacked. Your computer might be mining crypto, but we're gonna give you all some free cosmetics, right? <laughs> like, it's cool because you get this, like, this legendary armor, yeah. And you're like, no, no, wait, what are you gonna do about them mining crypto <laughs> on my computer? No, it's really rare armor, though, like, Bro, no one else is gonna have it in the game. This armor, you're gonna is need to figure that crypto shit out. Is dope af it is fucking fire okay don't worry about the crypto mining don't worry about that part of it okay okay ethereum's up okay get dogecoin or dogecoin this armor is lit bitch uh, every one of you gets an exclusive demon souls nft file <laughs> oh shit i'd be down for that <laughs> <laughs> uh in all honesty though no i do, i think they handled it well um and like i say i think that that's all you can hope for that's the world we live in right um and i mean like yeah like every company can get exploited like halo infinite was having big hacking problems and to be fair like nobody was crypto mining that i know of through <laughs> halo infinite uh, but people were... my face every <clears throat> fucking time though. Like, no, I'm not, at least, I'm not, at least I, my game isn't fucking crypto mine oh, no, through your I'm, computer. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just chuckling to myself but no like to be fair uh they were getting flamed online for the amount of ha hacking going on in that game and it was you know the typical hacking wall hacks and stuff just cheap at a first-person shooter which like once again kyle kyle cut it out kyle like kyle fuck. who cheats bro come on i don't get it. like how do you feel good about that like cheating at a video game and then you're just like huh, i won and it's but you didn't though because you didn't you didn't actually I'm not play gonna lie like play the real when game. i played cod mobile i don't get it on my tablet and i used a bluetooth controller so i already have like a huge leverage over most people just playing on their phone and shit 100 percent. and yeah. the wins that i was getting was fucking addictive like just like owning fools and if you just go through like a losing streak and then you're kyle and you're just like so pent up in your room and you've got no outlet to like let that loose uh and someone's fucking crypto mining through your pc so you can't go on pornhub efficiently what do you do you install some hacks bitch he's, and he's, you what am i supposed to learn how to talk to women yeah, no i'm gonna no. hack halo infinite yeah and start and, bringing in those w's bitch like <laughs> yeah it's out of control i don't get it um but yeah, I, I think, you know, both of those companies have handled it well. And one's a tiny company and one obviously is a giant billion dollar monster. Uh, but both of them are doing a good job answering that call and being like, hey, we know there's a problem. We're dealing with it right away. Here's what we're inputting to try to fix it. Yeah. Uh, and that's all you can really hope. That's for, all you right? can do, right? Uh, let's yeah. move on to this next next subject here. And I'm not really surprised by this, but some people are. Uh, but... Elder Scrolls 6 is seemingly still in pre-production. Yeah. Uh, and I've always thought it was still in pre-production. I, I, I didn't ever think it had left pre-production. But a lot of people I have found personally, I don't know if you share the same sentiment, but I know when people get into the whole like Xbox versus PlayStation thing, uh, they want to like bring up Elder Scrolls Six as like this mm. game that like is gonna like just like trump anything that's coming out on PlayStation. So they talk about it like it's coming out like in the near tomorrow future, in twenty twenty two at least. And like most of us who are like sensible about it are like, 
no, dude, like, I'm pretty sure, like, they're just working on it. Yeah. And yeah, like, I when I read a uh, an article like this, I'm just like, why are people surprised by this? Yeah, I think I think the article itself, even later in the article, is kind of funny, like sort of admitted that and was like, we don't really find this shocking that it's still in pre-production. I'm like, why are you reporting it like it's shocking then? I don't know. I thought it was an odd article. Um, <clears throat> I, for one, you know, I'm excited for Elder Scrolls Six. Like, just like I played the shit out of Morrowind and Oblivion and Skyrim, and I love that series. I still haven't played Elder Scrolls Online. I probably should. I hear it's really good. I'm always, I'm just always, as a guy that plays so many games, I'm always scared to play an MMO because yeah. I find if I play an MMO, it becomes the only thing I play. Um, but I always love the Elder Scrolls, so I am looking forward to Elder Scrolls Six for sure. Um, but I think if you're looking for a current title, that is an exclusive out of that developer. Obviously you point to Starfield and I think Starfield is what we kind of should be talking about currently. Cause that, and we still haven't even seen much of Starfield. We saw like two minutes of footage and it was like a sandwich on a table and like a spaceship taking off. Yeah. And it was like Starfield. And you're like, okay, cool. And like the pitch is apparently that it's just like, you know, elder scrolls in space and the way that fallout is kind of just elder scrolls in a dystopian Mad Max future. Um, so yeah, I think <clears throat> it has the potential for sure to be really, really good. Uh, I'm interested to see what, what we get out of Starfield. And I think that I never expected Elder Scrolls six to be further along than this. I'm expecting, you know, like minimum two years till we see that game on a shelf. Um, but with that being said, I do think that it is one of those franchises where it will have swaying power once it releases for sure. Like it's definitely a system seller of a series. And the fact that they can even say that and just be like, Hey, when elder scrolls six comes out, it's going to be Xbox PC exclusive, just as it said in this article, I still think that's a, a big feather in their cap, even if it's a long ways off. Right. Because that's traditionally look at, look at how many copies Skyrim has sold through however many freaking re-releases of it right so yeah. it's i think there's a lot of fans of that game that will be you know might even be like oh well i guess i'm gonna buy the xbox or the pc because i know that when elder scrolls does release whenever that might be that i'm gonna want to be on that platform right if you're you know maybe in the market where you can only afford one platform that could be a deciding factor for somebody because skyrim is is huge right yeah, like that game like had a huge impact like in popular media for when it came out. Um and it's still like fairly big. Like it still sells every single year. But like what's funny is when you think of pre-production and what pre-production essentially is, like you could be like, "Hey bro, you want to work on the next Elder Scrolls?" And it's like, "Yeah." And it's like, "That's pre-production, bitch." Like you're yeah. you're in pre-production right there. So like, they're just, like, in the stages where they're like, okay, what's this world going to look like? How do we progress from, from yeah. Skyrim? It's going to take a while. Like, this game's going to be huge. There's storyboarding. There's spitballing. Yeah. That's totally it. Yeah, they're, they're just getting the brickwork ready. I agree with No Sleep, though, that, like, I'm I'm really excited for the potential of Starfield. I think that's the one, like I yeah. said, that we should, should be spending our time getting hype for right now, especially if you're a big... But fan of Bethesda's open world RPGs. I think that, you know, it could be the next uh, Elder Scrolls. It could be the next Fallout. Maybe it becomes a long running franchise. And a few years from now, we're talking about when we're going to see Starfield 6, right? So 
who knows? It, it's going to be really interesting uh, to see that game and whether or not it does take off in the same way their other open world RPG franchises have. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I probably am wrong. Well, yeah, there was the Star Wars game, but like I can't really think of anyone who's made like essentially like a, a large RPG uh, like that was based in space. That was like I would argue Mass Effect uh mass effect franchise which was made by the same people that made the knights of the old republic games right so they they lost the star wars license and they went on to make the first mass effect and it is essentially a giant open world rpg in space where you travel from planet to planet do rpg things but the gun gameplay especially starting from like Mass Effect 2 and 3 is straight ripped out of Gears of War. It's basically just third-person cover-based gun gameplay from Gears of War. So once they got that combat figured out like that, I'm a massive Mass Effect guy. That's something I'm actually excited. uh, Just hit Game Pass recently was the Mass Effect Legendary Edition Trilogy Collection because I really want to play through it. And I hear that they did what I argued they should have done, which is they just fixed, uh, you know, Mass Effect 1 and 2 so that the gun gameplay mechanics play exactly like Mass Effect 3 so that Mm. you can experience those stories, but have the best of both worlds as far as just having the satisfying combat. So I'm super hyped to play through those games. And uh, yeah, but I'm I'm excited for Starfield. Yeah, I'm excited for Starfield. But I always thought that Mass Effect had drastically superior gun gameplay to fallout Mm. and i think that that's for me that's fallout's biggest drawback is that it's sort of skyrim with guns but that makes the gun gameplay feel kind of clunky whereas mass effect is like like i said it's like a an open world rpg that had a baby with gears of war and mm-hmm. so the gun gameplay feels like a shooter, like it feels like a core aspect of that game's identity. Whereas in Fallout, I almost would rather just stick to melee weapons because, yeah. And that's, that's why they have the VATS system, which is like this sort of bullet time thing that they have worked in there. Mm-hmm. It's If anything, I think it's kind of covering up some of the flaws in the gun gameplay. But I remember <laughs> when I was playing through Fallout 4, just as someone who plays so many first person shooters, that that honestly killed my my enjoyment of the game significantly that I was just like, yeah, there's all these guns and I want to use them. But then it doesn't feel good in the way that, I don't know, Halo or Mass Effect or Gears does. I know this is a shitty reference, <clears throat> but like that was one of my biggest gripes with uh, Doom Eternal is because mm. I know this was a mechanic they purposely put into their game to get people to try out more weapons because I found in Doom 2016, I used two. Like, I used the double barrel mm. shotgun and the rocket launcher, and that was it. And that got me through the whole game easily. And so what they did with Doom Eternal was they made your ammo, like the, how much ammo you could carry, drastically smaller. So you had to switch between your weapons to get through that game. And that was to kind of promote you to use different weapons. I didn't like that. I didn't like being forced to like change weapons. I got used to that mechanic, but I still just found my way to just like upgrade the amount of ammo that you could carry. And then I still just use the same two weapons. I never had any beef with the gun gameplay in Doom Eternal. I didn't really mind any of the changes that they made to the combat. I think it's like I I get it. I like the idea of motivating the player to use all the different things that are in the game, because, I mean, you spent all this time designing those elements. It would be nice to see them get used. 
Um, <clears throat> same with like the power ups to the armor, like the flamethrower, chainsaw, the different stuff you get. And like, I thought it was cool the way it was all. Incorporated. I didn't even use the flamethrower. I used like the chainsaw to get more ammo. But like, I just hated the level design. I just it was way too I, much platformy bullshit. And there was way too many moments where I was left just being like, wait, where do I go? You know, yeah. that that freaking meme where it's like John Travolta from <laughs> Pulp Fiction and he's just. That was there. me the entire time I was playing Doom Eternal, like and I would get into a fight and I'd be like, oh, this is sick. And like the industrial music would kick in yeah. and I'd be killing some demons and I'd be like, oh, this is just like Doom 2016. Like, this is so dope. And then that would go on for about 20 minutes. And as soon as it ended, I would be like. Yeah, and, and then that like, would the, what now? <laughs> yeah, and then the next fifteen minutes is me like looking for the green handholdy thing that I'm supposed to jump to, and I just I had enough of it. Like that's one of the only first person shooters that I haven't like completed the campaign because I always finish shooter campaigns. There's yeah. a lot of games I don't finish. Shooters usually aren't them. Like shooters is like the one genre where dependably, like if I start a campaign, I'll beat it. I'm good at first person shooters. I play a lot of them. That's what I'll do. And like, yeah, that game just drove me nuts. Cause I was like, I can win all of these fights, but like the, I just don't know where the fuck to go. Some yeah. of the boss fights were also, I would say a little bit overkill on the difficulty scale. Um, Definitely. I, they, they were doable, but they were frustrating. I and sometimes, only, I don't know. I was going to say, I only changed my difficulty one higher than normal. So mm -hmm. just, I was like, I'm going to make it a little spicy. So let's, let's go one higher than normal. And I got fucking rocked so many times. There was tons of areas that were like basic areas that took me like, like 10 tries to like get through. And I was like, this is so goddamn hard like and it's not like hard where it's rewarding when you finish it it's like hard where it's just like you just threw a ton of enemy characters on the screen and in a sloppy way to just amp up the difficulty and i don't like that but like i finished the campaign in that game and i was like that's it and then they're like oh there's two new dlcs i'm like i don't care i don't care i'm never <laughs> that's uninstalled already i'm not i'm not playing those <laughs> and i will never play those dlcs yeah man i i i don't think i'll ever pick doom eternal up again and like normally like i have this whole thing where i'm like my mama didn't raise no quitter mm -hmm. and like i won't give up on games even if they're frustrating the shit out of me and i think that really says something just about how frustrating i found doom eternal in multiple ways because it was like if it was the boss fights that made me want to punch myself in the face that would be one thing yeah but then mixed with the level design and me not knowing where to go and so many platformy bits and me just being like I don't want this to be Sonic the Hedgehog. I want to go shoot guys. This is stupid. Why am I jumping 17 different hey, man, times to go somewhere? I like I was supposed to shoot guys. There's no guys yeah. to shoot over here. <laughs> Ma, there's a guy on the cover of the game shooting a demon, and I only do that for 25% of the game, Ma. Yeah. Like, why did they sell this to me this way? And I don't know. Like, I think they maybe wanted to be, like, the boss fights. I was like, I guess they wanted to be, like, the Dark Souls of first-person shooter games or something with the difficulty level because I was playing it and I was on normal difficulty. Yeah. And I could get through most of the normal fights all right, but there was like three or four different bosses that I fought where I was like, I'm not even that far into the game. Like, why does it feel like I'm playing Halo on legendary mode? Yeah. Like, I'm only playing normal, right? And it's, I agree, it was so frustrating that I was like, 
there are parts in Halo where I'll, I'll actually get to that point where I'll be like, man, fuck this game sometimes. And then I'll beat it and I'll be like, yeah, I'm so glad I stuck with it. I feel so good now. There was bosses in Doom Eternal where I would beat the boss and I would just be like, great, I guess. Yeah. Like, I, would, I, would, I got so worked up that I couldn't even be happy about it. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, no, I just put myself in such a bad mood. I'm just glad it's fucking over. Now I can just go drink and forget this game. Like, that's I don't want to ever feel like that playing a video game again. That's why with the <laughs> initial announcement of the Beth- uh, Bethesda acquisition, I was like, good, I don't care. Like, if if you're telling me that all future Doom games are just not going to be available on PlayStation, I don't give a shit. Good. Like, yeah, good. Keep them. <laughs> Fuck them. I don't care. That's why I agree, and we've said this before, that new ips are the way to go and i'm like totally stoked for microsoft and bethesda to have a new ip to potentially Mm -hmm. be that game that just fucking launches into the stratosphere and like could be this next big thing it could totally flop but i want to be optimistic and i want to definitely give it like anything that involves space or sci-fi like i'm rooting for like i'm always just like Dude, let's like make a. I'm excited game. for the same reason about the Activision Blizzard stuff because it's like we talked about last week. Like, there's all these big titles that they're acquiring, but what I'm really excited to see is like what's the next game that they cook up from one of those studios that becomes like an Xbox exclusive property that is something new and innovative, totally. right? And now you have all these new studios that you can be like, I don't know, here's a bunch of Microsoft money, make us something dope, you know? And like, I'm just excited to see where that leads. And like, uh, I read a report that there's a lot of people within Activision Blizzard that are, you know, cautiously optimistic. Uh, on the one hand, there might be some layoffs, but on the other hand, they're feeling, uh, you know, excited about possible creative freedom uh, under that branding. So, yeah, hopefully hope, that happens for them. I hope, like, the one, freedom, not the layoffs. One thing that I want to say, though, because I don't want to dwell on this topic, because I think it's been played to death through Twitter, through. 100 other million youtube channels 100 percent. yeah but um i just hope with so many different studios like is phil spencer like how do you manage all that and i just i just hope that there's like one cohesive vision for exactly like you said it's like we want new ips we want new ideas we just want great games and i hope they have the foresight to make decisions like you know what I think we're good on the zombie open world kind of game. Like you did it great. Let's do something different. And then I hope they're like, they're, they're making decisions like that. It's just like, Hey, I know you've got this huge department. You're kind of bloated though. We need to trim some fat and like, let's get some like people with some new ideas in here. Like let's get some bobbies in the fucking boardroom. Who's like telling you how to do the crouch slide. Like, get him back in here. Let's fucking... Yeah, where the fuck did Bobby go? Yeah, let's get some new Bobby ideas, bitch. Because that crouch slide, that's a slam dunk. (laughs) Mm. It's the best change that Fortnite ever made. God damn. (laughs) God damn. God damn, that crouch slide changed my life in that game. All right, what's our next appetizer? Let's go. Let's let's fucking do this. All right. Let's get this show on the road. (laughs) Call of Duty could move away from annual release schedule rumor. I think this is the smartest decision that could ever be made for that franchise because just imagine the immense pressure that you're under to fucking put out a new game every year and how good could you possibly make it like i know with sports games you got to make it new every year for the new seasons new players well they each get a two-year development cycle right because they alternate between the two studios but even two years like obviously that's a pressure cooker how good can you Um, make it in two years 
not very good according to their current state of games right like vanguard is apparently like pretty abominable uh modern warfare lately is unplayable i was talking to a friend the other day on ps5 who was saying that um <clears throat> like uh even Warzone is just like a buggy abominable piece of garbage right now like the new map is entirely broken so yeah like i think they need to do like i was uh, you know alluding to earlier like 2k made the right decision they released uh you know an abominable piece of garbage and everybody flamed them for it and they were like you know what no 2k21 we're gonna take a year off and we're gonna you know make sure we come with something strong uh you know microsoft get ma- got made fun of for the state of halo infinite originally right and 343 yeah. same thing they were like let's take a year off let's uh release halo infinite when it's ready uh, let's release a product that's worth releasing. So I agree with you. I think this is the smartest thing. I think really this needs to happen. Um, and you know what? Even all bugs aside, all uh, technical aspects, uh, development aspects of why they should do this aside. Remember when Call of Duty only came out once in a while, like when it was really new, like when it was when we were talking about like Call of Duty one and then like Call of Duty two mm-hmm. and then Call of Duty three. Like each time a new Call of Duty came out, it was like an event, yeah. right? And I remember people being like so stoked, even when Call of Duty 2 dropped, like because the first one had done so well and it took them a while to come out with a second one. I remember just like people being hype about it. Um, and I miss that feeling. Like I miss I miss a new Call of Duty being a big deal. Like look how freaking long we wait in between Halos, right? Like I, I'd be, I don't want to maybe wait that long, but I'd be fine with waiting three or four years in between CODs, no problem. Like, I just, I don't think they need to oversaturate the market that much. Get some of those uh, development studios working on new IPs, on different shooters, right? Yeah. We've we've played a lot of COD, right? Great, you have development houses that are good at making solid first-person shooters. Like, I know that you're banking on, like, well, Call of Duty's a dependable brand name at this point, so we know if we just keep pumping out cods people will just keep buying them uh but frankly uh you know your confidence in that is probably getting shakier and shakier with the way things are going right now and yeah i would i would take some of these people i'd get them working on some new shooters and and spice things up a bit and then i would let call of duty drop a game yeah every three or four years right and have it feel like a cultural event and have people be like oh there's a new cod and have it actually matter right uh because it's been forever since it felt that way call of duty is the equivalent of a sports game right like it's like fifa nhl or madden right like you go to any uh eb games or GameStop in the states and you look at the pre-used game section the two things you're going to see the most of are going to be sports titles that are old that no one wants and old call of duties that no one wants (laughs) because everybody buys it like every year and then everybody just trades last year's version in to buy the new cod or whatever there has to be like dumpsters just behind various game stops just filled with copies of like old ps4 and xbox one copies of call of duties at this point that's funny that you mentioned that because a while back like six months or so ago i made a video and the video was like do i think games are worth 70 dollars and my the answer was yes and somebody was just like like you don't get like i was like if you can't afford 70 dollars 
then don't get the game when it launches. Like, if you haven't planned for that release, like, if you don't have a game that you look forward to, like, they don't just, like, announce the game's coming out and then it releases that day. Like, you know it's coming out for quite some time. And if you didn't feel enough to, like, save up for it and be ready for when it launches, then just don't buy it when it comes out. And then someone made the argument, they're like, yeah, but a game is, like, totally dead after like a certain amount of time if you don't get it on day one and i'm like you're clearly talking about shooters because no other game no one gives a shit if you bought it three months i would say any any multiplayer game right any game where a huge aspect of it is multiplayer and so yes what they're worried about is like if you go buy last year's call of duty and drop into deathmatch yeah it's going to be less populated it's it's and it only gets worse with time right so like if you play a call of duty that's two years old or three years old yeah it's basically a disc that just has the campaign on it now right because the multiplayer is entirely unpopulated so i totally get the argument there um but i agree with you in general that it's like if, if that game's not a priority to you like for one just get Game Pass because like, I'll bet you anything, all the new Call of Duties are just going to be on Game Pass once this acquisition goes through. Uh, but for two, if like a game isn't important enough to you to either like save up the money ahead of time, trade in some pre-used games like we just talked about, right? Yeah. If you still buy physicals, like if you're not willing to go out there and get it, do what most of us do. Like I wait till practically every game drops to like $50 Canadian or less right like that's that's, shekels that's sort of cheap yeah that's that's shekels that's not that's like what 35 (laughs) dollars us or something that is like that's my watermark right like i buy games usually between that 30 to 50 dollar mark when they're on sale every time a sweet new game comes out all my friends that you know buy new games will come to me and be like oh jay like are you stoked for cyberpunk are you gonna play cyberpunk and i'm gonna be i'm like no not at 80 dollars canadian or whatever like I'll, i'll play it four or five months from now and a perfect example like i bought cyberpunk and red dead redemption on one of those freaking holiday sales and i got them each for like 27.99 each and i was like yeah that's that's the price i want to pay for triple a games and especially for things like that that are like single player cinematic experiences like there are so many games guys like you can just play something else and then play that one when it's cheaper. And That's, if you always stay that six or eight months behind, then you'll always have tons of great stuff to play. That like, also I just, yeah. like people have a lot of FOMO, like just fear of missing out. And yeah. like you, you don't have to buy every game when it comes out and no one should do that. Even the people that you probably look up to, like even big people on YouTube or like, whatever they're not buying the games when they first come out they're getting them for free for one Mm -hmm. or like maybe they'll buy the odd game but nobody's buying every single game right when it comes out if you are good for you you're just kicking ass at life but for the rest of us plebs like you have the one game or what like you have whatever games that you like you religiously follow that like that's your game that you love to play it's your favorite that should be the game that you save up for and you make sure you're able to buy as soon as it comes out. 
Uh, Absolutely. Like I bought NHL this year at like pretty much full price, right? Like I think it was like eight, eighty or ninety dollars to get the Series X version here in in Canadian rupees, right? Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'll I'll pay that because me and my boys play NHL literally like seven nights a week. Yeah, like every week, probably my entire life. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm already prestiged out, right? Like I already leveled over the level cap in that game, and it's only been out for a few months. So yeah. uh, And my buddy Ben's level capped twice right and we've been playing it since like november or whatever it was uh october or november so yeah i i play that game every year so that's that's like the rare exception and because it's like a group activity with my friends right yeah. so it's like paying the premium and it's a multiplayer experience so i get it it's like yeah we want to get in on the ground floor level our guys up do all that sort of stuff right we have like a club and we want to go work on our record uh, but when it comes to, you know, like I said, a game like Red Dead Redemption 2 or a game like Cyberpunk, I personally just find it so easy to be like, no, I I just started playing the Final Fantasy 7 remake three years late. I just started playing Zelda Breath of the Wild over the holidays. Right. Yeah. So I stay way behind on all sorts of stuff. And like that way, you just always have a plethora of awesome experiences and you can be be a little more frugal about it guys be savvy right <laughs> what did what would your grandparents have told you right patience is a virtue yeah wait some of these ones out at least wait for it to drop you know 20 dollars off or something right wait for it to go from 80 to 60 because it doesn't take that long there were totally. games on sale over christmas that had only been out for like two months right and they're and they're like 30 percent off my buddy uh was laughing about he said yeah i bought nhl when it was like 80 bucks and then it went on sale for 40 dollars like over christmas and i felt like a giant loser and i was like no i don't because i knew what i was doing i knew it would well, go you on knew that I, you, you know and your boys were gonna play it day one and like <clears throat> yeah i feel the same like that's, for that's me, it. like coming from somebody who like plays like less than 10 games like i would yeah the new game would come out every two years two or so years and i would be like i'm buying that day one and then now as like a content creator who's like playing more games I'll just put stuff. I don't know what the Xbox equivalent is, but like I'll just put stuff in my wish list that I'm just mm. like, okay, I'll get this, and then when it goes on sale, and then yep. it'll notify me. It's like, hey, this game is seventy five percent off, and I'll be like, dope. I will, I will play it now. And then, one thing I love on uh, PC is Razer has an app for that where it will show you uh, the lowest price available on all the different game stores. So it'll check like Steam, Epic, uh, you know, game GOG, like whatever the, the major uh, Microsoft store. And it'll tell you who currently has the lowest price for each game that's on your wish list. There you uh, go. So if you're if you're PC gaming, like that's the way to do it for sure. Uh, I think it's free software. I don't think you even have to own a Razer product to get the software but it came with my headset was how i got it installed when i got the headset even if you do like there's probably a free version of that kind of software out there like the point oh for sure or like a website is buy your main game that you that you put the most hours into day one and you'll be happy with it even if it goes on sale a month later who gives a shit you got to play it day one because that's your favorite game and then for games that you want to try Wait for those things to go on sale. Like, who cares? Or, like, if you are a PC or an Xbox user, like, try it out on Game Pass when it goes on Game Pass. Like, that's, like, one big thing. Or, like, for the PlayStation users, get PS Now. There's a lot of, like, newer games that are going on there that are great to try out and play on there. And you can download them on your console. So just be smart about it. Like, to wrap up this segment here, 
I just think there's a lot more you could do with that franchise if you've got more time to spend on it. Like, you can make the story better. You can make the gameplay better. You can do a whole lot of things. Like, a big testament to this is Jay Retro here is a big Call of Duty fan. And did you get Vanguard? No, I did not. Exactly. So I did not. I bought uh, Black Ops Cold War, which was last year's game. And you got that right when it came out. At launch. And to be fair, it was with like a gift card that I got for Christmas. Right. And so I was like, okay, someone got me a $200 Xbox uh, gift card. And I had just bought the Series X. So I bought uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I bought Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And I believe I bought Borderlands 3, which is a game that I barely even touched and is still technically one of those games now that is on my never-ending backlog of games that I'm like, oh, yeah, I I paid for that. I should go back and play it. And Watch Dogs Legion was the other one, which similarly I got maybe 25% of the way through. To be fair, Watch Dogs Legion was a little bit disposable and like kind of like every Watch Dogs. I really had high hopes that it was going to be the Watch Dogs that wasn't that, but then it kind of just was more watchdogs uh it looked way prettier than other watchdogs which at first that pulled the wool over my eyes just because it was what you know one of the first games i bought for the series x so i was just like oh the eye candy yeah uh but yeah you get a few hours into the gameplay and you're like this is no grand theft auto 5 (laughs) this is no gta 5 bitch Mm, uh but yeah like i like i think more studios because you kind of get in that role where you're just basically printing money with every release that you come out with and you kind of lose focus on like just making a good game from the ground up. And then when you're just tacking on features onto old code and you just keep doing that, what happens is you just get this bloated, shittily performing mess or uh what did you call uh, the WWE game? Like a like a fucking bowl of dog shit. <laughs> a, a frozen Yeti shit. Yeah, is a what frozen it is. Yeti shit of a game. That's right. Because you could have just spent a little bit more time on your homework, bitch, and used a ruler and used like the good pencil crayons. I don't know. An- I'm going to go ahead and coin it as an abominable, abominable <laughs> snow shit. Yeah, abominable snow shit. And honestly, I don't even play Call of Duty, but I think we're done with World War II, bitch. Like, move on to something else. I disagree. I disagree, because they abandoned World War II for a really long time. And then they did all the modern warfares. They did advanced warfare, which to me got way too far away. And I was like, if I wanted to do this, I'd go play Halo. I don't want boosty boosts and wall runs and shit in my Call of Duty. Fuck off. I like Black Ops. Black Ops 2 is the greatest Call of Duty ever made, and I will die on that hill. I love that campaign. It got me emotionally invested. I remember getting near the end of Black Ops 2 and like going into the mission where you were going to go kill the main villain, and I was like, I'm going to fucking get this motherfucker. Like I was hyped up. I was hyped up playing that game. I felt like yeah. I was living that story. Uh, and most Call of Duties, I find the stories very disposable. And I love a good first-person shooter campaign where I care about the story. And one of the other Call of Duty campaigns that did that really well was the last time that they brought World War II back, which is now like three or four fucking Call of Duties or maybe five Call of Duties ago. But I bought that for the PS2, which was... Or sorry, for the PS4. I was like, wow, that's that's a few years back. It was was an impossible port. No, it was for the PS4, and it was that one was just called Call of Duty World War II. Mm-hmm. And that to me, that game was money. And so when I actually heard Vanguard, I was like, yes. Like my reaction whenever I hear Call of Duty going back to World War II is just purely, yes, 
that's the Call of Duty I want. And frankly, like, I will always have a soft spot for World War II shooters. I love World War II shooters. I grew up playing lots of them, and I grew up playing those original CODs really heavily. And so for me, I got hype about Vanguard. Like, I was gonna buy Vanguard. And then all this stuff came out about it being terrible. I'm really hoping that they, A, patch the living shit out of it and make mm. it playable, and that, B, it then just shows up on Game Pass within the next year or two, and that I can at least go play through the campaign and have a good experience playing that campaign. Yeah, I don't even really care if they fix the multiplayer. I just want to play another good World War II Call of Duty campaign because they just they just hit me in a particular soft spot. But, but don't you like modern me. weapons, like weapons of, like, today? Yeah, but I just, I don't know, there's something about uh, World War II games. Like I said, I think it's just a certain nostalgia of growing up with it. It's like, you know how the sounds from Star Wars give you a certain nostalgia? Because okay, you grew yeah. up with those movies. So like a TIE fighter roaring by, yeah. or like a blaster going off. That's how World War II gun sounds are like for me, because I played so many World War II games as a kid. So just hearing like an M1 Garand ping uh, just like tickles me. And I just, I love it. And I just, I don't know. I still think it's one of the most emotionally investing settings that you can base a video game in. It's, you know, it's historical, it's heavy. And frankly, there's nobody that I want to shoot in the head as much as Nazis. It's yeah. hard to give me an enemy that I feel is good about killing as a Nazi. So I think, yeah. and then that's also, I think that's like an enemy that everyone can agree on. And especially if, like, you make a game where the antagonists are, like, from a Middle Eastern country, that's when it gets, like, ooh. like Dude, they, they tried to argue that one Resident Evil was racist because it was in Africa and all the zombies were black. Yeah. And I was like, so we can't, we just can't have, we can't have zombies in a country that isn't all white people. That's racist. I don't know, like yeah i totally get what you're saying right it's yeah. hard to be politically correct whenever you're making a game where you're gonna go shoot a bunch of people that um, are not caucasian yeah. <laughs> right but like nazis you know not a lot of people are gonna argue, or like aliens right like you make yeah. a halo no one's gonna get mad about you shooting the covenant they're imaginary space nazis yeah. right um but like in like simply like the empire and star wars right bunch of bunch of dudes in white suits who yeah. are basically doing Nazi type of stuff in space, fuck them, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's why lots of games get around that, right? Or that's like why <laughs> Spider-Man on 90s Fox Kids had like the cops had laser guns because they yeah. were scared to show bullets. Exactly. That's why we have to deal with this bullshit. So like that, yeah, that's probably why like they, they can't just like, yeah, it's kind of hard. It's a hard, it's a stupid thing that you have to navigate when you become like a big game company. It's just like, Dude, I can't just like make a game that like has the story that I want because I gotta think about that's another topic for another time. Uh let's get into this. That's next a can topic. of worms. That's a can of worms that I don't feel like opening up right now. Yeah. Um let's open up this next topic here, which is pretty similar. Uh Battlefield 2042 Insider says EA very disappointed with performance looking at all the options. And this is a bummer because I don't again I don't play shooters, but I have a really good friend. Um who I bought a PS5 with, and he got the digital version, and I was like, I, that's the one that I originally wanted. And he doesn't buy games that often because he's a new dad, and he's got he's got a baby to take care of. And, priorities. And then all he wanted for Christmas 
was the new Battlefield game. And I was just like, I'm like, here you go, bro. Here's some money towards that Battlefield game that I know you want. I can't wait for you to play it and just be stoked. Because, like, I just know that feeling I get when I play a new From Software game. So I just wanted him to have that. And he gets it, and the game is dog shit, apparently. It's just, like, so bad. And he tried to return it, and we all know the Sony return policy is... uh leaves a little bit to be desired and they pretty much told him sucks to suck play your yeah game. i was gonna say i'm pretty sure that it is sony's return policy it's like yeah. sucks to suck trademark sony yeah like, that's and yeah. i <laughs> felt fucking terrible because here yep. i am a sony pony who drinks the pony juice and i helped chip in for this game that he wanted and it fucking sucks and he never looks forward to games. And this is the only game that he was really looking forward to. And it was a fucking piece of frozen Yeti shit. An abominable shit right in his fucking new tracksuit. His fucking white tracksuit. A big abominable shit on it. A wet one. And it Not on the Adidas tracksuit. Yeah. That's disgusting. For, for the record, like none of this happened. Because when James's friend came to him and was like, Hey man, all I want for Christmas is the new Battlefield... 2042 james told him you'll shoot your eye out kid yeah <laughs> you'll shoot your eye get, out, kid. get fucked here's a football no yeah. but honestly i think that's a sweet story it's nice that like uh, like the beginning of it is a sweet story i love that you were like you know what you know what bro here you go you treat yourself a new dad get yourself a game that you care about and yeah it sucks that it, like this this is an example for sure of like people argue against all digital and the drawbacks of all digital. And this is definitely one of them, right? Is that if he had bought that game at a store, he might've been able to return it. Now we talked about the fact that like back in the nineties, if you tried to return a game to Walmart, they would have told you sucks to suck. Like uh, there was no returning video games when we were kids. They probably, they might Walmart are pushovers with returns though. These days, man, honestly, like that firm, they wouldn't let me return ghost of Tsushima, but I think the point you're going to make was, He can at least trade it in or sell it. Sell it. Sell it on eBay or some shit, right? Like, yeah, like at least like your money's not entirely burnt, like so that you have some some plan B, plan C. Here it's like plan A is try to get a refund from Sony. And if that doesn't work, well, sucks to suck. Yeah. So that definitely is a drawback to all digital, right? That like maybe that's something we should be considering. Now, another thing here though. I well, for one, I don't think that's an argument as to why we should stay physical. I think that's an argument as to why there should be better consumer protection in the digital marketplace. And I, agree I think with that. that's what we need to work towards. Um, but another thing here is interestingly enough, Battlefield 2042 was if you would have asked me, you know, if we had started our podcast months earlier and you'd been like, hey, Jay, you know, the question you asked me earlier, what games are you looking forward to that are coming out? 2042 was like top of my fucking list, man. Like, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I watched that trailer for 2042 and I was like, this game is going to be sick. And guys, I've never even played a Battlefield, not one ever. And the trailer for 2042, I was like, I'm buying that. I'm buying, I'm buying that. I need to do that. I need to do all the cool things that I saw in that trailer. I want to like be on a roof and then get on an ATV and then drive off of the roof into a jet. 
You know, like all of that looked hilarious and then parachute off. And I was like, like man, this game looks John McClane. Like, let's do right? this. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. It looked like it was going to be such a hilarious, chaotic shit show of a game. And I was just like, I'm there. Big multiplayer maps, tons of dudes doing crazy shit, fucking driving vehicles into other vehicles, timed explosives, slidey crouch buttons. Bring it to me, right? Like, it's all the things Jay likes. I play like 60% shooters, and this just looked like it was going to be a tight six shooter. And I was so let down when everyone's like, Yeah, it's the world's worst battlefield ever. And I'm like, But it's the only one that ever caught my attention. And so it's just like, Man, pull the rug out from under me. And so that and Vanguard were like two of the main shooters that I would was excited for. Do you know how? fucking chapped i would be right now if halo infinite wasn't good because that would be three for three like that was pretty much like the three games that i was like fuck i can't wait for halo i can't wait for a new call of duty that's back in world war ii my favorite call of duty setting and as far as me liking modern guns no worries battlefield 2042 has my back on the modern combat and i'll have like space shooting world war ii shooting sick like semi future shooting and it's all gonna be dope and no no i got i only got halo so thank you, Halo, for being yeah. here. And, like, it just kind of shows you that, True. like, something's going on in the industry where two huge major players in that genre fucking put out flops. Like, that is unheard of. Like, usually it's, like, one game might have, like, a, a, a rocky release and then they kind of bring it back up. But, like, the game is just, like, from what I've heard from a lot of people, like, it's fucked. And they've... Tr- They've put out patches and they've been really slow to put out patches. And it's kind of like, you're a huge developer. What excuses do you have? Like, how they apparently did drop a pretty big patch just recently. And they have another one that they that they have in the works. Right. So, yeah, I I think, you know, they're they're working on it. But I definitely agree. Like it, it, the question is, like, what is going on in today's gaming industry when two of the biggest players just like both drop steaming fucking turds back to back? Uh, like, is the new hardware harder for them to program for? Are they having a hard time because of the shortages, which are forcing them even more to keep programming things that have to run on two two generations of hardware at the same time? Uh, is it just that game deadlines are too short now and there's just too much crunch in the industry and we just need to stop demanding that games be made so fast? Is it the whole work from home? Like, I don't want to give them excuses, but is it the whole work yeah. from home thing? Like, do they, are they, like, unorganized? <clears throat> And there isn't like good communication across like all of the different departments is like the engineering could team be not communicating properly with like the design team uh or like the marketing team etc like is like That's what smart. what needs to be fixed because there's definitely something I, I like going that on theory. yeah there's definitely something going on because when it's happening yeah. to so many games when it's happening like cyberpunk when it's happening to like big shooter games and like other games as well are delayed uh, like, you know, something in the industry is going on. And I think it's like, like, this is like a whole nother topic for like a different kind of channel, but like, like the whole labor shortage that's going around in like a lot of places, like people are fucking quitting. Like I quit my main job to do this full time. And like a lot of people are just like, fuck it. I'm out. Like I'm done. Like I'm done. Like I'm, I'm done with today's working world. And like, is this causing like a lot of shit behind the scenes in a lot of these big companies? Could be. And yeah, I think the work from home thing is, uh, 
Absolutely. Right. Like I think, you know, in any office, I think that's going to be a really hard thing to adapt to. And like you say, like gaming is a collaborative art form and, yeah. you know, each department needs to be talking to each other. And so I could definitely see that having an impact on game development for sure. So, yeah, man, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out going forward and what adaptations all of these companies make to hopefully, uh, you know, get us back to a place where we can uh, not expect every second AAA title that gets released to be a you know bag of flaming shit on our doorstep. <laughs> we'll, totally. Like, we'll like, see. I know how I felt personally. Like, I loved working from home. I thought it was the shit. Like, just like the work-life balance that you get from that. But I know a ton of people that were like, I fucking hate it. Like, people who are more extroverted, I found personally that just like rely on that human interaction that they have with their coworkers at the workplace and they hated it and they don't thrive at all. And they kind of just like fizzle out. And then I think that's like a lot of what was happening. Yeah, I agree. Like personally, I think I fall as I'm like a extroverted introvert or whatever. So like, I like to sit at home and do nothing, but work from home is, is too much at home time for me. I like going to an office every day. I like having an excuse to get up and shower and put on my fucking khakis or whatever and walk out the door. Um, yeah, so for sure. I, I miss just those little niceties of working in an office environment of just like, you know, water cooler chat and bullshit like that. Oh, you see the you see the game last night? All that bullshit. Um, I think that does go a long way to making work bearable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, personally, I would I would prefer to work in an office environment than to work from home. See? Um, but this I also see <laughs> I can see both sides of it, though. Right. Because like there are definitely aspects of work from home that the introverted side of me really likes. And there's I do agree there are certain work life balance balance aspects of it that I love. Right. Yeah. I could see myself being happy with like a 50 50. Like if it was like, oh, you come to the office, you know, two or three days a week and you work at home a couple of days a week. I could see that being really good. I know a lot it would of kind of be the best of both worlds. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah. As, as I think, you know, that's uh, that gradual return to the office, as they say, might kind of end halfway. And a lot of companies now might be happy with sort of a hybrid model, because especially after letting people work entirely at home for two years, there's really no reason to not let them take a couple days at home during a week or whatever. Right. Like, and then when you show you're, that, like, you're still <clears throat> just as efficient when you're working at home and it's just like, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's like, exactly. that's like a whole other talk. Like for me personally, like I just like the whole awkward work talk, like, I hope I yeah. never fucking see you again. Like that's like I just like I dread yeah. it. The people that I care about, like I'll I'll just be friends with, and then like I'll just like personally text them when I want to hang out. But yeah, I get that's it. fair. I get it. Uh, let's move on to this next thing, uh, which I think is funny, and I think I I didn't even know this about Jay Retro. Which and I think is funny. okay, I just what, like I like why aren't you telling us the truth, bro? Do you work at Nintendo? Because this is getting a little ridiculous. Because just recently, the Nintendo 64 emulation has been kind of fixed through a new patch uh, on the Nintendo Switch. And then also they fixed some Ocarina of Time textures. So are you working with Nintendo to fix all these latency issues? What's going on, bro? Okay, so first off, I just want to say that, you know, me, me and uh, Furukawa-san... Definitely, you know, we have a history. Absolutely. Um, now, I don't want to say that I'm on the payroll and I can't go that far. <laughs> there are certain non-disclosure agreements that I've... Hold on. 
Hold my phone's vibrating. I got it. <laughs> this is rude. <laughs> well, no, I'm doing a pot. Doug? Okay, no. Well, I didn't say that I. Okay. He didn't admit to anything. No. Okay. Okay. No, Doug, I swear. Okay. Lay off him, Doug. Um. So first off, I just want to say that that was uh, not Doug Bowser, president of Nintendo America. <laughs> and I just want to say that um, I've been asked by certain legal counsel to uh, not speak anymore on this subject uh, for the rest of tonight's podcast. Wow. Um, but I do want to say that I'm very impressed with the improvements that Nintendo has made. And what a great company they are. I'm excited <laughs> for the next Nintendo releases. I'm excited for the new Zelda, uh, which is definitely something I'm excited for. I am actually excited for that. But no, honestly, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. It's cool to see Nintendo listening, in all honesty. Totally. Um, you know, there was a ton of people flaming them for, you know, the Nintendo 64 emulation. And I, to be fair, I was like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And then some people flamed me for that. And I was like, okay, okay, fair. And there were some arguments that were made that I hadn't really considered. Like when, when I'm like, we were kind of, you know, we were joshing about it and we were like, Oh, what you got? Seven, seven milliseconds of delay. Yeah. Is it really going to ruin your gaming experience? You know? And we, we even said on like last week's uh, podcast, you know, it's like, Oh, is this particular note in the Mega Man X theme song, you know, half a pitch, higher like does that matter does this shade of green or the water in zelda right like apparently one of the things they particularly improve which cracks me up is the water in ocarina of time people were really concerned Bro. the water apparently looks terrible um but you know they have made apparently a measurable and significant improvement apparently like a 30 a 20 to 30 millisecond uh, improvement in the delay in the controls on these games like there was a guy who actually ran tests like independent tests and based it versus a normal emulator on like a windows computer mm. and whatnot and he was like the improvement is such that it does amount to like an entire frame basically yeah so the the delay has been improved by and you know that might not sound like much like a oh, one whole frame like big deal but what i didn't really think about was like speed runners and the impact like that that would have on people like them, because to somebody where it's like, I don't know, your average user just like playing through Ocarina of Time for fun or something, then like, yeah, a difference of 30 milliseconds probably isn't going to mean shit to you. Yeah. But if you've been training for the past, you know, however many years of your life playing this game at a certain level of latency then absolutely you always want us to get as close as we can to faithfully producing that same level of latency that was there in the original. Controls, totally. It'll, right? It would completely throw you off, but like, yeah, it was funny. I was watching those videos and like the dude was going off about the water in the water temple. And I was, yeah. looking, at, and I was looking at the two and I'm like, bro, I like, I would not even fucking notice that. I would just be like, cool. I'm in the water temple. Like, like hundred percent. That's how 100%. I would have been. And what's funny is when you think about it, I bet you, I don't have confirmation on this, but I bet you most of the people that currently work at Nintendo in those departments are at an age where they never played those games. 
when they came out or even on a Nintendo 64. So yeah, no, I agree. The higher ups that were probably in charge of design or even had a, a hand in making those games, they're probably at a level now where they're just like, oh, you're putting that game on our new system. Cool. That's great. I'm, I can't wait for it to release. <laughs> cool. And then they're just happy about, and they don't play it. Um, I agree. And so, like, I don't know, like, but I like what you said, and I agree. They're listening. I think that's the uh, that's the best thing any company can do is listen to the complaints. And I think as consumers, we should be vocal about our complaints, but we should still be respectful. And you can you can voice an opinion without being like they're a fucking piece of yeti shit. Like da 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 da. Like I can't believe they fucking did this. They're just robbing us blind. And it's like you don't have to go to that point. You could be I like, agree. hey. I'm stoked that these games are releasing on my Nintendo Switch and I'm happy to play them. I do think the performance could be better and I think this is how they could be better. But I'm I, wondering like if any of these people that made videos being like this is just so typical greedy fucking Nintendo like are any of you going to make a video apologizing to Nintendo now? Doubt. Like it doubt, right? And they'll they'll just be like, "Yeah, I'm glad to see Nintendo do this, but they won't own the fact that like they kind of flew off the handle a bit, right?" And I agree, it's like it's one thing to, you know, have standards and, you know, like like the people that bought Vanguard shouldn't just be sitting there being like, good work, COD, you know, like, yeah. yeah, they should be mad. The game doesn't work. But, you know, these developers and those companies have given you a bunch of other games that you've enjoyed over the years, right? You bought Call of Duty because you liked other Call of Duties that you did have good experiences with. Uh, you bought the N64 games on the Switch because you did like Nintendo and you did like playing those games as a kid and stuff and you were nostalgic for them. So exactly like you said, right? Just be like, hey, Nintendo, uh, I'm really happy that you added these games to your platform. Uh, here are my criticisms, right? You know what sucks uh, about that, though? Totally I'm thinking about it now is... Do you think because if we did act like that, they would not listen because they would just be like, well, I guess they're not that mad. And then it's like, we can, yeah. we can still get away with that. So it's kind of like, be right. it's kind of like, like we, like we both, like we work customer service, like, or I used to work in yep. customer service. It's like the person that you're like, Hey, it's going to be this much of a charge. And then they're like, Oh, that kind of sucks. And then they just pay you. That's the end of that conversation. But the person that's like, fuck that, you fucking robbing piece of shit. Give me your manager right fucking now. You're like, okay, like, can we calm down? Like, you don't have to be like that. They're like, fuck you, you dumb bitch. Get me your manager right now. And then they bitch out your manager. And then 30 minutes later, the manager comes up to you and like, yeah, we're going to lower the cost to like this much for this person. You know, make this one time exception. And you're like, you bitch, like. But it takes that kind of person to like yep. get that kind of shit, and it's the squeaky like, wheel gets the grease, as they say, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's kind of unfortunate. Um, it is. Yeah, the other point I was going to make about that is, <clears throat> it's really unfortunate the way that news goes, and especially with YouTube, like the YouTube life is like the like the hot take always gets the views. So that's why these people have like these ridiculous takes on certain things. And hey, I'm guilty of that. Like I had that Xbox. You know what? I should rectify that and make a rebuttal video. But here's the problem with that. If I make a video to my opinion now of Xbox Game Pass versus my uh, opinion on it back then, no one's going to put those two videos together. 
Like, it'll just be, oh, yeah. like, a new video, and no one will even know. Like, all the people that flamed me for the first video, they're not going to yeah. watch the second part of it. You can, you can never go back. Honestly, like, if you do make a new video on Game Pass and the fact your opinion has changed, you should just be doing that because, like, it's good content anyway, and, like, yeah. it's interesting. And the people that only watch that new video will still have something to take from that Yeah. when you're like, hey, I used to feel this way, and here's how I feel after actually subscribing to the service for a while. I still think that's a worthwhile message to put out there. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a freaking X-Bot and I drink <laughs> all of the... X-Botting right now. <laughs> Bring me the green Kool-Aid. You yeah. know, it's not about that. Uh, yes, but I, more if, Xbox content being hey, made. <laughs> I mean, as, as we all know, like, a pair Apparently, my Kool-Aid is being prepared by Mario and Toad, but yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it one of those things. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad that you that you uh, gave it a try. Like I say, I just I, I get continuous joy out of watching you come out of your shell a bit as a gamer and, and experience a, a bit more of this wide world of gaming that we live in. Yeah, and I think I agree with you. Like, I think it just sets a good precedent for like the kind of content creator that I am if I make a video like that, like regardless of the views. But like what I'm saying though is I get the chase. Like I understand like the game. Like I get people mm -hmm. like at first I was like, you like, are you stupid? There's no way you think that. But Why like, are you stupid? Yeah, but now I'm just like, oh, the dude's playing the game. They're just playing the game, dude. Like they're just like, they're going for the hot take. They want the views. And that's just kind of the world that we live in. And there's actually a really good YouTube video that I just recently watched. And it's talking about how creators, YouTube rewards the content, not the creator. Mm. So they are not building a platform where you have a secure fan base or a secure set of people that come to watch your video. They're building a system where people are just there for the certain content. So like, and I've seen this happen a few times on my own channel. Like you'll make a video and it goes hot. Like your like your uh, Call of Duty uh, Cold War video went mm -hmm. super fucking hot, and then YouTube is like, every video that you make, make like this video, make more of this video, and you're like, no, I want to do other stuff, and they're like, fuck that other stuff. We like all your views are from this one video, make this video, and as creators, we're like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to be able to do other stuff, and then YouTube's like, well, fuck you, then I'm not gonna promote your video to anybody, so. It's wild. So it just, it, they want you to just make the same content. So when, like, for those of you who don't know, if you want to start a YouTube channel, if you put out a video and it gets lots of views right away, YouTube will expect you to just keep making that same video. So if you make a video about Fortnite and you talk about this one Fortnite thing and it blows up, every video after that you put out should be about Fortnite and like, just like similar. Like, to yeah. I should have either a made 8 million videos about call of duty, black ops, cold war. Yeah. Or I should have B made 8 million videos that were all like, here's how to fix this bug. Right. Exactly. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that. Like exactly. it's just, I'm just a gaming channel and I stumbled upon a fix and I wanted to share it with some people. Right? Yeah. And it was like, and that's why, like, you'll find, like, you'll have these videos that explode, and then you'll do another video, and you're like, oh, I put a lot of work into that. And that video, like, the content is just as good as that other video that went big, or even better, but YouTube just won't promote it. And this isn't just a flaw with YouTube. It's just, it's media in general. Like, everyone's after, like, the hot topic and, like, the hot take because it gets clicks, it gets views. And people don't really care where the content's coming from. 
Um, the last thing that I want to go over, and I didn't go over this with Jay Retro before we started here, but I think it's a topic that's been coming up a lot lately that needs to be addressed, and that is coming up here. Boom. PS4 trophies bugged out with PS3 labels, and people are jumping to conclusions again. And it, little things like this have keep happening recently where like ps3 titles are showing up on the ps store and shit like that so it's like is are these just like coincidental bugs or is sony like coming out with some way to be able to play ps3 games using some sort of virtualization so i figured this out the other night because i was you know i was trying to connect to the dots right i had post-it notes all over the wall there was an ashtray filled with cigarettes right i was like up at four in the morning and i was just staring at it i was shaping this mountain of mashed potatoes right this is important this means something and what I've come up with is so remember last week we were talking about there's a stock shortage on PS5s and they were going to keep making PS4s. They're just going to make PS3s now. That's Sony's new solution to not having enough PS5s is that they're going to re-release the PlayStation 3 and they're going to be like, guys, now it's going to be lower numbers or cooler. You don't want to go up to the five. You want to go down to the three. Remember all the good times you had with the PlayStation 3? No, honestly, (laughs) all jokes aside, I'm being a dick. I really think, (laughs) I really do think that, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, they're going to release a a whole flight of PS3s into the South Asian market. No, what's probably going to happen, guys, is yes, I think PS3 titles are coming uh you know to the the store i don't know whether we're going to see disc backwards compatibility that would shock the living hell out of me but i do think we're going to see an increase of playstation 3 titles being re-released to the store and their original versions not as like playstation 4 remasters or playstation 5s and i would argue that one of the main reasons you haven't seen this up to this point is because all the best games that got made for the ps3 have already been remastered Totally. It's like so much of the PS4 generation. Like I bought the Last of Us edition of the PS4 when I bought the PS4, right? That was a remaster of a PlayStation 3 game. I played through the Uncharted trilogy heavily on the PS4. It was a remaster of three PlayStation 3 games. So, you know, I, I, I acknowledge that there will, of course, be hidden gems, other games. I don't think that that means that there should be no excitement for this. But I would argue that I think that's a huge factor behind why we didn't see this earlier of as far as PlayStation 3 games being on the PlayStation store and easily accessible was because they spent a, a huge chunk of the last generation trying to sell you those games again as remastered versions. Yeah. And as somebody who skipped the PS3, like that's like kind of when I gave up on gaming was the whole PS3 generation uh, and like a little bit into the PS4. Like it wasn't until 2016 that I got back into gaming. So like after mm-hmm. the PS2, like I was done with like the PS3 just didn't seem appealing to me. And like even when I think back to it, like I can't even think of like a lot of big titles that were on the PS3. So I think exactly I agree with what you said. A lot of the big bangers for the PS3 got remasters that were made for the PS4 and then available on the PS5. And there's just like those few niche games that maybe people are interested in being able to play again. But I think that would be a cool feature 
if those games either became available on the PS store now that you can play on your PS five or some way of like emulation where you can actually download your PS three purchases onto your console and then be able to play those. That would be fucking sick. Um, I, I just think that this is too many coincidences for it to be like a bug. Oh yeah. No, this is like the golden eye thing. Right. Yeah. Where it was like, oh, the there's trophies and two people have all the trophies and it's the two guys that work at rare. Yeah. And it was like, OK, yeah, like Golden Eye confirmed, you know. So this is one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, PS3 games confirmed. It's coming. It's happening. Get excited for it. Right. Like there's there's rumors and then there's just being caught red handed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Both of these situations I feel like they've been caught red handed in a good way, right? Like people are excited about this. That's awesome. Um and like I say, even though I do think the the re-release of those titles played a factor in why it took so long for this moment to come. I'm excited about it. We've been talking about this before that, you know, one of the things that I love about Xbox is their commitment to backwards compatibility and having all these 360 games, original Xbox games, Xbox One games, easily accessible, easily backwards compatible. And I've been saying for a long time, you know, those were two of my biggest arguments at the beginning of this generation was that Sony needed to A, compete with game pass more directly and b commit to game preservation in the same way that i see microsoft doing right so i think this is a great step in that direction from like the 360 era or one of the backwards compact games that you just like it was a real treat for you to play on a modern console besides the early halo skate Skate one was, and three. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. of the skate games. And it's and it pisses me off because I have skate two, the disc version, and skate two is the only one out of the trilogy that isn't backwards compatible. So like Microsoft, if you ever stumble upon this podcast, like please, please get somebody working on skate two being backwards compatible. I don't understand why it's one and three. Um, but I have one and three. Uh, I purchased them. It's funny because they're on Game Pass now, so I would just have them anyway. But I purchased them early on. Like, as soon as I even got an Xbox One, I just went to the store and was like, oh, now I can play Skate again. Boom, boom. Like, the day I got the Xbox One. Um, And, yeah, I played them on the Series X as well. Beautiful. And there's a new Skate in development there's a game that's coming out that i'm excited about you you know and that that's probably still in pre-production at this point got a ways to wait for sure but i know that ea is it's confirmed it's officially announced no rumors here gate whatever they're going to call it i don't know whether i actually call it skate 4 but it's it's skate 4 skate 4 confirmed i'm excited and i i just think it's just it's smart business because again it's another potential sale to new customers to buy the like like if you make it so convenient people will be like well yeah i could like install an emulator and play that game or i can buy it for 9.99 on the psn store or the xbox store and it's just like i'm just gonna buy it. it's 10 bucks whatever boom and then yep. i have this game again like i've purchased doom 2 on on the nintendo switch and then i purchased it on i think on my ps4 so like yeah i've totally done that i I love seeing like you know like people say like emulation is great for game preservation and that's why like i love all these official emulation products like the astro city mini v and the taito egret 2 mini that i talked about and then the new video and then also like uh like i totally agree even modern platforms right the series x or the switch or the or the ps5 having old games you know like yeah sure they're they're emulating them right obviously Mm. 
so yeah, I, I love seeing uh, professional emulation, I guess we could call it, right? Like sanctioned emulation i really enjoy it and i think that's the way forward it's the same thing as like everybody was pirating movies and torrenting everything and then now everybody just watches netflix right like if you make it convenient enough people will give you the money so make it affordable make it convenient we would rather just buy these games that we loved as a child. Do you know how many times I bought Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Like, Dude, I bought it on the Nintendo yeah. 3DS. I bought it on the PS4. <laughs> like, I would buy Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on my fucking fridge if it worked, right? Like, I'll I'll play it on anything. I feel so, the yeah. same way about Super Metroid, but, like, no, like, you're 100% right. Like, hey, like, I'm not saying that I illegally downloaded music or movies. Uh, I know of it occurring around me, but, uh, like... <laughs> I'm sure all of those people, and if I were to imagine how they felt, they would probably have rathered have been able to pay a subscription service or like Mm -hmm. some other cost. And it was just that was more viable at the time because like there was a point in time people were like, you were spending $40 for one CD. And it was like, it was getting up there where like CDs were getting ridiculous in price and like you only liked the single that came out and you were like fuck that noise dude like people were like recording shit off the radio rather than than pay for cds so yeah man itunes rolled in and was like 99 cents for that one song that you like right and that was the end of it so and then i think that's like the more gaming is adopting this and we talked about this last week the more gaming is adopting this way of business i think the better I know it's going to like take a deep cut into a lot of profits initially, but I think it's just, it's better in the long run. Um, I agree. Yeah. Do you have any other topics you want to go over before we wrap this bitch up? That's about it for me, man. Uh, Do you have any new content that I should be watching or that the people at home should be watching? Oh, uh, funny that you mentioned that. So yeah. So if you don't already follow me on YouTube, I'm youtube.com for slash Fornitron. Uh, I've been putting out a lot of new content. Again, like we mentioned before, uh, the algorithm likes it when I make content about Elden Ring. So you're going to be seeing a <laughs> lot of fucking Elden Ring videos coming from me. Uh, I've got my series that comes out every Sunday. It is The Road to Elden Ring, and it's going over each From Software game up until Elden Ring releases on February 25th. I've also been putting out new videos about like little news things that have come out. Uh, the Taipei Game Show just occurred, uh, was it yesterday? And there was a one-hour interview with uh, Hasasura Katao um, going over Elden Ring, and there were some new things uh talked about there and i made a video about that that just came out so go check that out if you haven't already also be sure to follow me on social media so twitter and instagram i'm at fornitron add me there i've been posting a lot there and hey like it just looks good to the marketing peeps if i got more followers brah like I'm not gonna show any pictures of my ass, but if you want that, I don't know. I'm but... not. Yeah, I was gonna say people aren't gonna follow you if you don't tell them that you're gonna show pictures of your ass. Like, <laughs> I need that Kim Kardashian. So you like... can find him at OnlyFans.com/slash Fornitron. Yeah, I could fit a whole baseball bat in my ass. <laughs> we'll see it. <laughs> uh, Jay Retro, where can the That's good impressive. people find you? You know, they can find me over at youtube.com slash jretro, where they can check out that new video that dropped this morning on those two new Japanese mini arcade cabs coming our way. I'm amped up about them. You can also find me on all those various social 
social media platforms, the Instagram, Twitter, the TikTok, all that fun stuff down here below at jfree. 86 and you can find me on twitch twitch.tv j underscore retro 86 i actually just started streaming again this weekend and we are playing through halo infinite's campaign cover to back so we played about the first four and a half hours of halo infinite on i think it was saturday and i'm gonna be on again this weekend probably saturday and sunday at some point throughout the day playing a bunch of halo so if you want to hang out come hang out I was trying to troll him while he was yeah. streaming, and I was like, fuck you, bitch. Haven't you finished it yet? <laughs> and he's like, I restarted for the stream. <laughs> I played like, every Halo that's ever released here, cover to back on Twitch. So I just thought, I like, it was funny. Like, I was, I was like, oh, I can just like pick it up from where I left off. I'm only like five hours into the game. And then I was just like, no, I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. I got to start at the beginning again because it just felt wrong. You that know? Would like, be- I played every one of them covered to start on twitch it's like my ocd was like no we've set a standard i gotta do it the same way yeah i'm glad you did because that'd be weak as fuck if you like started five hours into the game like i'd like I yeah yeah i'd be like start yeah. it over bitch, what are you doing it looks super what are you cool doing? for the first bit <laughs> like, well that's it that's what ended up happening is i just probably like did way better i was like oh i beat that boss in like two tries instead of six tries this time yeah sick and I upgraded my stuff better. It's like an RPG, right? Like anything where you're like, I could have done that development tree so fucking much better. And then yeah. you then you re- remake your character, right? You get through like the first 15, 18 levels of The Witcher. And then you're like, no, wait, wait. <laughs> I hate, I do that every fucking time I start an RPG. I play like the first three hours, four hours of the game, like 17 times until I finally progress to the rest of the game. I, I just, restarted Witcher 3 so many times. I just know that my first playthrough of any RPG, like, so any FromSoft game, my first playthrough, my stats are going to be so fucking inefficient and trash. I just don't care. And then it's like all the rest of my playthroughs where I'm just like hyper efficient and just like, no, you got to put three points here, two points here. And then you use well, the yeah, leftover like, money to buy a grenade. Cause you're going to need that to fucking YOLO that one enemy in this level. And you're like, yeah. hindsight's always 2020 for yeah. sure. And I think that I, I find most, uh, you know, and from software games might be different. Cause of course they're, they're quite difficult as they're known for, but most of those RPGs, I find the biggest blunders I make are early in the skill tree. Right. Yeah. Because like the, it'll really kind of define the template of what your character is going to be in the long run. So it's always those first few hours where I'm like, no, I could have I could have got a better footing here. Right. And then once I know that I've like kind of built the start of the character I want, then I can just let the rest of the fucking game happen. Like if mistakes happen, they happen. But I just like to get that early part right. You know, <laughs> I like I like to nail the foreplay. That's what I'm saying. So everybody, if you haven't already, go to twitch.tv.com and follow your boy Jay Retro. Uh, like he just said, like he's going through Halo. I know a lot of you love Halo. Go give your boy some love and get him up to 200 followers. Do it by the end of next week. Um, yeah, like he's gonna be like he's like you just heard he's gonna be hitting it hard and support support fellow content creators. I don't know, like. Is it that hard? It's free. You just have to hit follow. Just like hit, hit follow. Come hang out. Tell me what you thought of Halo Infinite. And uh, yeah, chat games with me. I'm excited to be back to streaming a bit. It's fun. That's cool, yeah. man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Well, yeah. that's it for us. If you could just do us one last favor, everybody. Have yourselves a great day. We're out of here. Peace, everybody. <laughs> Cheers.